Hey guys, this is Drake. Thanks so much for tuning in to our City Church podcast here. It's an honor to have you. Hey, at the end of this episode, we'd love for you to take a moment, subscribe to this podcast channel if you haven't already. Also subscribe to our YouTube channel so we can continue to serve you with content that we're putting out on a weekly basis. And in addition, if we can serve you in any way or connect with you in community in any way, you can visit our website at citychurchboulder.com and we would love to connect with you there. And lastly and most importantly, I hope this content is helpful to you. It's encouraging, it's inspiring, and you leave better than you showed up. Enjoy. Hey guys, welcome to City Church Online. My name is Drake, and I'm so glad you're tuning in with us today. Hey, we're in some weird times right now, so we just want you to know we we see you, we want to hear from you, and we are here from you. And so make sure you use that chat right now as you're tuning in, whether you're on Facebook Live or on our online platform. In fact, well, why don't you right now just say, I'm here. On that platform, wherever you are, say, I'm here. Put in where you're from. We're so pumped that you're here. Don't underestimate the value that you bring when you show up live during these services. We're so glad that you're here. Also, don't forget to use that connection card that's popping up on your feed right now. That's how we do all forms of communication. It's how we connect with you. And so if you have any needs, anything that we can help you with, you can use that and we would love to help you take some next steps. And lastly, there's a button popping up on the online platform where you can invite someone right now, literally send them a text message inviting them to this service. You can also hit the share button on Facebook Live. It'd be an honor if you do that for us as we continue to have this conversation. And uh, we're in a unique series right now, and so I just want to address a few things as we continue in it. If you're a follower of Jesus, if City Church is your home, I want to encourage you, lean in, take notes, and embrace the uncomfortable and a little bit unsettling nature of the conversations that we're having because it's going to make you better and we're going to be better equipped to serve those around us. And I want you to start thinking, who has God put in your path or who could be coming in your path that you have the opportunity to invite to watch this and begin some dialogues around what we're talking about and see how God might use it. And so also, if, if you're not a follower of Jesus and you're tuning in and you're like, yeah, you know, I'm kind of like spiritually neutral or I'm not really sure where I am or I'm apathetic or agnostic. If you've walked away from faith or you're thinking about walking away or you're on the outside looking in, no matter where you find yourself, just want you to know, man, this series is for you. This conversation is for you. And we are so, so glad that you're tuning in. Before we get started, I want to give you a few things going on as we uh, move into this new month and, and a lot of cool stuff happening in our city. And so in the middle of what we're doing on the weekends, we are still a church in the city and for the city. And so just an encouragement to you, we gave away three thousand dollars to our friends at Crestview Elementary last week to serve and help some needs and in, in families through that platform. And we're so grateful. If you're a part of that, can we just give them a hand right now, like on your couch right now, even if no one else is with you, put it together for the radical generosity of this family and this team. So grateful for you. Also, if you tuned in as a guest on Easter, you're a part of that, and we donated $100 in your honor. So thank you so much for being a part of that. Also, some cool stuff coming up. We want to empower you in this season if you want to be a part of making a difference. On May 2nd, we're doing a food and supply drive. That's going to be on a Saturday from 10 to 2. Super safe, super clean. You can drive through, drop off the supplies. We're going to have more information coming out on all of our social media platforms here soon. But if you want more information, you can let us know 
on that connection card to be a part of making a difference with uh, EFA and the, uh, the Boulder Homeless Shelter and Harvest of Hope here in Boulder to meet some really practical needs. And we're doing that with six or eight other churches in the area, so it's really a collective citywide thing, and we want you to be a part of it, okay? Also, Mother's Day weekend is coming up, so dads, you're welcome. Just reminded you, make sure you're planning something special for mom, but so are we. We want to help you out on Mother's Day weekend. It's going to kick off on the 8th. That's a Friday. We're doing free Dunkin' Donuts and coffee for moms that morning on a Friday. Uh, you can check out more information as it comes out, but we're so pumped to just say, hey, thanks for being world changers. Thanks for holding us all together. You moms are crushing it, and we love you. And also, that night, May 8th, we're doing tentatively a, uh, a drive-in movie on our property. And so we're talking with city officials and, and other people in our city to make sure that this is going to be okay. But in the meantime, we're planning on May 8th doing this drive-through. We want you to be there. It's going to be awesome. Staying in your car. We're going to have uh, hopefully one of the new movies is kid-friendly coming out. It's going to be great. And we would love to invite you to join us. And dads, if you're smart, you'll leave mom at home with a glass of wine and a good movie for her, and you'll take the kids up here to watch that movie, okay? So you're welcome again. So those are things going on just in the near future of how we're serving our city. So as we get into the conversation today, last week we, we kind of introed the conversation of what it would look like if we embrace a God-less or a creator-less universe. And so if we're all just chemistry, if we're all just biology, then there's some unsettling conclusions that that leads to. And it kind of leaves us in this scenario of despair. Still, if you're honest, if you, if you kind of move over to the other side of religion or, or you get closer into this Christianity conversation, there's still some unsettling things associated with Christianity. And so you have two kind of tensions, if you will. There's like despair on the one side, and then there's doubt on the other. And so maybe you're listening to this, and you're like, man, I'm, I, I kind of want to land in the middle. Like, I, I, I see the doubts, and I don't want to necessarily embrace despair. And so there's a tension. So here's what I want you to do. We're just going to have some participation today to make this a little more engaging. And so if you're sitting, no matter where you are right now, just say, this is awkward. Awkward silence right here for you. Say it again. This is awkward. If you're by yourself, say it extra loud because that's super awkward, okay? So glad you're here. This is an awkward conversation and there's some tension that we're embracing. And so maybe you're, you're hearing this conversation and you're like, man, I kind of feel stuck in the middle. And I just want you to know between despair and doubt, you are not alone. And so what I want to do is embrace the tension today and wrestle, to, wrestle through some of the the doubts, if you will, and where those come from and where they originate. And so I don't know, you know, what your story has looked like and where you're coming in. Maybe you grew up in and around it. Maybe you, you're new to faith altogether. Maybe you're skeptical on the outside. Like, I don't know what your story looks like. Um, but I found that in a lot of my conversations, a lot of the hangups, a lot of the doubts, they actually come from things that Jesus never actually said. A lot of those things are from something else that someone else told you about. And, and a lot of times it, it brings up this idea in my mind of like, who told you that God was like that? Like, like where, where did that come from? Where did that picture of God come from? And we're going to talk about that today. And so I've got a couple of things. I don't know your story, but if, if uh, you, know, you walk away from faith, maybe your, your story sounds like this. You grew up in a religious environment, and then at some point you experienced a childhood conversion, and, and sometime in your story you're kind of in that environment, and in the process somewhere either maybe you went off to college or your family moved and you changed circles of influence, but at some point you transitioned to an irreligious environment. And here's what's funny about this. If you grew up in and around a religious environment and all of a sudden you transitioned out, in the process you found out that you actually really liked it, right? And so all of a sudden you begin asking adult questions about your childhood faith, and in response you receive faith-based answers to your fact-based questions, and you find yourself frustrated. 
And so maybe after some of that tension starts to unravel, you find yourself in a place where you say, you know what, one day it kind of dawned on me that I didn't believe anymore. And belief is kind of a, a weird word, right? Like you either do or you don't, but sometimes it's hard to put your finger on it. So you probably are looking at your story and you're like, man, I don't know when and I don't really know directly why, but at some point I, I, just, I just didn't believe anymore. Or, or maybe that's not your story. Maybe you grew up in a religious environment and maybe you experienced some kind of childhood conversion where you were, were believing what was being taught, but then all of a sudden a faith-crushing or faith devastating event came along and it just wrecked everything. It wiped out your faith. And naturally, you started asking adult questions about your childhood faith. And in response, frustratingly, you received faith-based answers to your fact-based questions. And maybe if you're in that camp, you looked up one day and you'd say, man, one day it dawned on me that I couldn't believe anymore. It's not that I didn't want to, but, but I couldn't reconcile what I was taught and what was going on in my present reality. I, c- I couldn't deny reality, and so I couldn't believe anymore. Or maybe your story is totally different. Maybe you have a hybrid of a story. Nothing bad or crazy happened, and, and maybe you grew up in it or around it. Or maybe you grew up, grew up outside of it completely, but you simply started asking questions, and, and you were presented with a version that you struggled to believe in, and, and as you were asking questions, you weren't getting adequate answers, and so you either walked away or rejected that idea of God. And, and here's what I found. There's typically two things at the center of stories. The people who either walk away from faith or are rejecting faith, there's typically two characteristics, if you will, of, of reasons kind of in the background of why people walk away. And here's the two things. There's always a somebody told me so God And there's always a Bible tells me so Jesus. And so for you, maybe every time you had a question, especially if you grew up in and around it, every time you had a question, every time you had a doubt, every time you made a mistake, it was always the Bible says, the Bible says, the Bible says. And and there's this, somebody told me so, God. There's versions of just what I heard from other people that I was adopting and struggling to believe in. And so I don't know what's operating in the background of your story of of where you are when it comes to this faith conversation, but we're going to deal with these two Two challenges today, first of all, that somebody told me so God, and then actually next week we're going to deal with the Bible tells me so Jesus. And so as we get into it today, I don't know what you grew up with and, and what you heard, but you embraced some kind of idea based on what people were teaching you and what they were saying. But I think Karen Armstrong, who wrote The Case for God, she offers some powerful insight into the tension that we feel as we have this conversation, this somebody told me so God. And here's what she says. She says, many of us have been left stranded with an incoherent concept of God. We learned about God about the same time that we were told about Santa Claus. But while our understanding of the Santa Claus phenomenon evolved and matured, our theology remained somewhat infantile. And then not surprisingly, when we attained intellectual maturity... Many of us rejected the God we had, inher- we had inherited and denied that he existed. And maybe that's your experience. Maybe that's where you would identify. And, and today I want to talk about it. Today I want to talk about um, the, these gods that we grew up with, these different versions of God. And, and the reason we're talking about this is because I believe that maybe you've been exposed to a version, you've been presented a version of God that maybe Jesus actually never talked about. And so maybe you have doubts and struggles and you've, you've been walking away and maybe you've been doing so unnecessarily. And so today I want to address the gods that we should not believe in and, and the gods that we should not embrace and the gods that we should walk away from. And, and let me be clear. 
This does not mean that there is not a God who does indeed exist. We're simply looking at the ones that maybe be creating doubt in our lives and in our faith journey. So the first one, we're going to have some fun with this, okay? The first guy we're going to look at when it comes to this conversation of who told you that is bodyguard God. Everybody say bodyguard God. Bodyguard God. Okay, we're going to do this a couple times just to keep you engaged. This God is the God that doesn't let bad things happen. And I want you to know that no one has ever, by the way, no one has ever made this argument that I'm about to give you. No one has ever made the following argument. A good God would never let bad things happen to good people. And so since bad things never happen to good people, there must be a good God. No one has ever in the history of humanity made this argument. Now, there's an assumption that we take this conversation, we turn it around and say, okay, because bad things happen, God must not exist. But there's a problem with this. Here's my question for you. Who told you that? Who, who told you God operates like this? Here's, here's the ironic thing, that Christianity, it actually started with a really horrible thing happening to, to one of the best people that have ever lived. And so if, if, if we were to take this argument and Christianity would have embraced it in the first century, it would have never made it out alive because all of the heroes of the faith, all of the early followers of Jesus, they were treated terribly by the cultures around them, and many of them were murdered for their faith. And so there was never a presentation of, of bad things you know, can't happen if there is a good God. And so for the record, no one has ever built a case for God based on the lack of evil in the world. And so I don't know where you got this, but, but here's the deal. Listen, I just want you to know you did not get it from Christianity. You did not get it from Jesus. And so if you lost faith in bodyguard God, good, because he doesn't exist, okay? And, and, and so maybe you've had the wrong version and you've been struggling. Here's the second one. The second one we're going to do is uh, on-demand God. Everybody say on-demand God. Or like I like to call him Disney plus God. Everybody say Disney plus God. Okay. Everybody, listen, this one's funny. Th this is the way we wish God was, and, and we treat God like this a lot. This is like God is a genie, or he's like the evening star from Princess and the Frog, right? Like, and th this is the God who responds to, and hear me, this is the God who responds to fair and selfless requests in the same way that we would, right? So we're not like asking to change the world necessarily. This is just like, man, God, I just need a date. Like, I, I just need to pay my bills. I, I, I just don't want to be alone anymore, or I just don't want them to be sick or, or for the cancer to take my mom. Like, this is the God that we're expecting to answer fair and selfless requests. And, and I think the thinking goes along this line, like, man, if he's personal and, and he's supposed to be there, then he, he should probably answer these requests. And here's what happens. You asked for a sign, you ask for an answer, you ask for a miracle, and you got nothing. And so then you stopped believing. And I just want you to know it's okay not to believe in Disney plus God. And here's my question. Who told you that, that God is obligated to respond this way? Who told you that God responds this way and you should expect him to answer in the way that, that, that you, you expect? Where, where did that come from? And to be honest, and this is probably true for you, I'm really glad that Disney plus God doesn't exist because at 15 and 16 years old as a brand new Christian, I was asking God for some crazy, crazy stuff. And my life would be an absolute wreck today if God would have answered all of my 15 and 16 year old prayers. 
There's there's an old country song that says, thank God for unanswered prayers. Listen, some of you would be married to someone absolutely crazy right now if God would have answered your prayers, okay? So be glad that this God doesn't exist. The third one, the third one we're going to look at is boyfriend God. Everybody say boyfriend God. Okay, listen, we're having some fun. I hope this is memorable and helpful. This is the God whose presence is always felt. This is like the God where you can always sense and feel his presence. And so all my feelers tuning in right now, okay, you you lean heavy into the experiential side of of all of life. And so you really lean heavy into feeling God. And then what's what's hard about this is as you get older or as seasons change or as, as different things happen, you stop feeling or you don't feel anymore. And so since you don't feel the presence of God, what you assume is that he must not be present. And my question is, who told you that? Who who told you that God operates like that? Just for the record, listen, did you know that you are least aware of the things that are most constant in your life? For example, have you ever turned to anyone and said, man, do you notice how perfect the temperature in this room is? Right? Like never, ever do you turn around and talk about how perfect it's hot or cold. No, but you never like, man, this is, this is so nice right now. Why? Because you are, are, are uh, least aware of the things that are most constant in your life. By the way, Mother Teresa, one of the heroes of the faith, she went months and years, if you go back and read uh, about her life, she went months and years without ever feeling the presence of God. And it doesn't mean it wasn't hard. But the question is, who told you God is like that? And so if you don't believe in boyfriend God, good. Good. Number four is uh, guilt God. Everybody say guilt God. This is the one that most people run from the quickest, and, and this is the one that's it's hardest to get out of your system, right? And this is the God that haunts us. This is the God that controls you through guilt and through shame and through fear. And this is the God that, that many of us, man, we want to get rid of, and then we run away from church, we run away from religion, we run away from what we grew up in, and, and it's like you can't get it off of you. Like, even if you don't go anywhere near a church for the rest of your life, there's something haunting you on the inside. And, and this is the God that, that if it's enjoyable, the answer is no. Like, if it's fun, the answer is absolutely no. If it's sexual, the answer is no, no, no. This is the God that loves you, but does not like you, okay? And, and as soon as we can get away from this God, right, right we, we run, but it's like you can't get it off of you. And, and here's my question for you. Who told you God was like this? Who told you that? Where did it come from? The fifth one, and this is the one the church has done a horrible job with, is the anti-science God. Everybody say anti-science God. The anti-science God. And the church has just, I mean, really done a, a bad job. And this is the God that, that when you come up against it, you're forced to choose between undeniable science and unreliable religion. And so you go to a chemistry class or a physics class or a science class, and you're presented with some things that are inconsistent with your worldview up to that point. And so then you feel like you're being asked to ignore what is true to maintain your belief in what you've been presented in the childhood faith. And, And the challenge is, if you're an honest person, you've got to go with science, because there's evidence there. And so then you begin to back away and abandon some of the things uh, that, that anti-science God comes with. And here's, here's the, the message, if you will, and it's that you should quit thinking and start believing. Anti-science God presents the idea that you need to quit thinking and just start believing. 
And some of you have been presented with this idea that to follow Jesus and, and to have a relationship with God, there's this idea, you just got to believe. You just, you just got to believe. Religion is based on faith. And I just want you to know that's, that's not true. That's not how it operates. And of course you walk away from a version like that. Richard Dawkins, he does such a good job, I think, of, of, of really pointing this, this uh, challenge out in his book, The God Delusion. He said that one of the truly bad effects of religion is that it teaches us that it is a virtue to be satisfied with not understanding. And so if we're being honest, your childhood faith, your childhood God probably can't stand up to and be reconciled with science. But here's the good news, is that God or science is a false alternative. They are not irreconcilable they can coexist, if you will. And listen, if you're not a follower of Jesus, let me, let me just give you some ammunition, okay? Man, Christians, we're the worst. We're hypocrites when it comes to this area. And so let me just give you some stuff to, to load up on so the next time you're having a conversation, you can throw this out there. Um, Christian parents, if you're, a, if you're a Christian parent and your kid gets sick, let me ask you a question. Do, do you take, where, where, where do you take your kids when they get sick? You take them to the church or you take them to a doctor? You better take them to the doctor because I am not helping you, okay? You, you take them to the doctor. You don't even think about taking them to the church. And here's what's funny, right? You take them in, and there's something really wrong, and the doctor's like, hey, we got to run some tests, and, and this is a big deal, and we don't know what's going on. And so then you tell all your friends, hey, pray, pray for little Jimmy because this is a big deal. And so all your friends, your circles are praying, but you're also sitting by the phone the whole time, right? You never leave the phone, never move away from the phone. I just trust in God. I'm praying, and I'm by the phone. And then you get a phone call from the doctors and say, hey, listen, we got the lab results back, and, and you're anxious, and you're ready to hear what happened and they say hey listen here's what we think's going on we think that god is trying to teach you something <laughs> right no right they come back with results for you and and your and some next steps if you will and here's the ironic thing right if we lean into science and this is where christians are crazy hypocritical if we lean into science for our health why reject science for anything else it's not a false alternative and if you've ever felt forced away from faith because of this tension, I just, I just want to say I'm sorry. I'm sorry because it's inconsistent and it's not how it has to be. And so that leads me to our last God that we're going to look at, and that is the gap God. Everybody say the gap God. Okay, this is not the God that owns a retail store, okay? This is the gap God as in the one who fills in the gaps. This is the God who conveniently shows up as an explanation for everything we can't currently explain. And so let's say you're driving to the mall and it's packed, which is not right now because no one's going to the mall, but let's just say it's packed out and you can't find a parking spot anywhere. And all of a sudden you get to the front of the store and as you're turning the corner, someone backs out right there and you just like slip right in there and you're like, woo! And later you tell the story and you're like, oh man, it was such a God thing. So, such a God thing, right? Or, or you lost your keys and, and you were praying. You're like, oh man, I, don't know, I lost my keys. I can't find them. And all of a sudden, you know, uh, your, your dog caught it on its toenail and flipped it up and you saw him and you're like, oh man, it was just such a God thing that we found my keys. Or, or, or you prayed for a day of sunshine and, uh, and you're out hiking and it was going to drizzle. And all of a sudden, you know, you're praying for sunshine and the sun comes out and you're like, oh man, it was just, it was such a God thing. And you, you look at those stories and you're like, you know, God, you know, weather <laughs> kind of happens, the sun comes out. And so we, there, there's, there's this gap, if you will. And here's the challenge. If our entire faith begins to rest on the idea that God is the, is the answer for everything unexplainable, then it actually starts to undermine our faith. 
And here's why. Because the list of things that are, that are unexplainable, they're getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And the list of things that can be explained is getting bigger and bigger. And, and you're, you're glad about that, right? Like, you're grateful that the list of things that we can explain is getting bigger. You hope, I know this, listen, regardless of where you are, you hope that we can eventually cure every disease. Everyone on the other side of this conversation absolutely hopes that. And so here, here's the challenge, is that unexplainable today may be explainable tomorrow. And so if we're banking on the God that is the answer to the unexplainable, well, then all of a sudden he's not there when we found out the real answer. And Sam Harris says it in a really good way, I think. He said that we must pay attention to the frontiers of our ignorance. He says, because that's where new things are discovered and found. You see, unexplainable is not evidence for the existence of God. Unexplainable in most cases is simply evidence of our ignorance. And the reality is you and I, man, we, we both want people out on the frontiers of our ignorance finding answers to the things we don't know about. For example, right now, the coronavirus, everyone on the other side of this conversation is hoping and you want people out there on the frontiers of our ignorance finding solutions to this problem, right? Everyone hopes that we can find a cure for cancer. We want to engage in these areas. The problem is if we embrace the gap God, then we actually start to undermine our own faith because we're able to explain things we couldn't previously explain. But here's the good news. If everything were explained or explainable, it would not explain away God. And you have, so, so listen, Christians get so weird about this sometimes. You don't have to fear. If, if you're a follower of Jesus, let me just talk to you for a minute. If you're, if you're a nun or you're, you know, you're not a follower of Jesus, just hang on for a second and I'll get right back to you. But if you're a follower of Jesus and, and you believe that God is creator... Like if you believe that God created all time, space, and matter, and you believe the whole Genesis thing and how he created everything and then stopped, and then also at the same time, we're going to take seriously that everything from science, that everything began with a singularity. That's what they call it. Like we don't know what to call it, but, but there's this singularity that unfurled the universe and started everything, laws of physics and everything that we've been talking about. If you're going to believe those things simultaneously and take them seriously, well, then you have to think about it. Listen, what did God do? He created and then what happened on the seventh day, right? He, he rested, or rather he stopped creating. Now, let me ask you a question. If you believe that he created and stopped creating, what do you think we could expect? What could we expect if God stopped creating? Here's what you can expect. A predictable, stable, and explainable universe. They're not inconsistent with each other. And I don't know if you knew this, but Christians actually started the modern science movement. Why? Because they believed that God stopped creating, and therefore there was an opportunity to observe things that were predictable and stable and explainable. And so here's the deal. This list of gods right here, these are not reasons to not believe in God, to not have faith. These are simply unmet expectations. Some of these are ill-informed, some of these are uneducated, and some of these are blatant manipulations. But here's my question for you. Is that where did your view of the God that you struggle to believe in originate? Or maybe a different way to say it is, where did the, your view of the God that you quit believing in originate? 
And my question is, did your God ever grow up with you or, or did you outgrow the God that you were first exposed to? Did your grown-up questions at some point start undermining your childhood faith? My point today, listen, friends, my point today is simply that you might have walked away unnecessarily from a God who never existed in the first place. And where this series is going is that, man, if I can, I want to present to you the reality of the God of Jesus, and we're going to start to look at that next week a little more. But let me just give you a few things. Who needs God? Maybe, maybe all of us do. We just need the right version. And the challenge is that religion is an invitation to do for God. And this is like, you know, live a good life and try to be a good person, and hopefully God likes you at the end of that time frame. And the difference is Jesus and Christianity invites us into a, a relationship where we get to be with God. That God doesn't just like you. He loves you. And the whole Jesus conversation is he came to bring us back into relationship with the God that we're disconnected from. Jesus presents himself as the remedy for a relationship with God. And friends, I just want you to know that the invitation on the table from Jesus is is not religious performance, but it's a relationship with the God who loves you. And we're going to talk more about that in the coming weeks. And so I I don't know where you are. I don't know where you're walking into this conversation, but maybe, maybe you're a nun or maybe you're kind of in the middle of that despair and doubt conversation and you're not sure where you land on this entire conversation, but uh, you walked away or you're thinking about walking away or you're skeptical. And maybe today some of, some of your struggles were with a God who never existed in the first place. And maybe for the first time you're realizing like some of the doubts and some of the what ifs and some of the road bumps have been there unnecessarily because you were presented with a version that never existed in the first place. And, and maybe you're on the other side of this conversation and you're like, Drake, I, I don't know if I'm ready to like trust in Jesus. I don't know if I'm ready to give my life to Jesus, but, but I, I wanna lean in and I'm realizing that, that, that I don't know, maybe, maybe God is for you. Maybe you're, maybe you're realizing that, that maybe he loves you. It, maybe the reality is maybe you can have a relationship with him. And I want you to know no matter where you are, You can use that digital connection card, and we would love to continue this conversation. And maybe you're on the other side of this, and you've never responded to the invitation to have a relationship with God that Jesus has has put in front of us. And and maybe for the first time, you're realizing, first of all, that you're invited, but that you want to respond to that invitation, that you actually want to give your life to Jesus today. This is not just like an I hope so hope or a a faith that you have to try really hard to believe in, but this is simply trusting that Jesus is who he said he was, that he did what he said he would do. And so if you're ready to give your life to Jesus today, you want to follow Jesus along with others today, you can use your digital connection card and let us know, and we'd be happy to follow up with you and help you walk through that decision and celebrate with you. And maybe you're a follower of Jesus today, and you're tuning in, and you're like, man, my faith is strong, my relationship with God is strong, but maybe as we're having this conversation, you realized that you've allowed some false versions of God to creep into your faith journey. Or maybe immediately you started thinking about friends and family and coworkers and neighbors who, who are struggling with some of the gods that don't actually exist. And here's my challenge for you. If you're a follower of Jesus today, here's what I want you to do. This week, I want you to invite one friend to watch this message with you and, and then have some dialogue after the fact. And here's the question I want you to ask yourself 
And I want you to invite them to answer as well as you have this dialogue. Which version have you been struggling with the most? And maybe God will open up some opportunities for deeper dialogue that maybe the God that Jesus invites us to know is different than anything that we've experienced up to this point. So I want to say thank you for joining in. Thank you for taking the time to have this conversation. We are here for you. We love you. And we can't wait to connect. Thanks for tuning in, guys.